Rob. In the rough. Diamonds. Rough. in the diamonds. Welcome to Rough in the Diamonds, the podcast where we review the most out of place and iconic TV episodes of the greatest TV shows. We're pulling together a special Christmas episode of Rough and the Diamonds, Dave. Indeed we are. It was a big decision to to really make a call of of what we should watch and review for our very first Christmas. Absolutely, uh, because Christmas is such a special time of the year and we really did spend a lot of time just deliberating, kicking the can around, trying to figure out what we were going to do for this very special time. I mean, there's so many iconic Christmas time episodes and shows that we could do. I mean, for example, Die Hard, an amazing Christmas film. And we have, of course, Gremlins. Gremlins, a fantastic Christmas film. Uh, You know, I was thinking Iron Man 3. The Black Mirror Christmas episode. Or the Batman Arkham Origins game by Warner Brothers Studios. (laughs) Or even that one episode of Lost where they land on a boat and one of the guys goes back in time in his brain somehow. It's so many good choices, Dave. <laughs> so many. But I don't know about you, but uh, for me there was <laughs> one standout to the list. And that's uh, the very first episode of The Simpsons. Absolutely. Everybody loves The Simpsons. Who would have thought the very first episode they did would be a Christmas one? I know, right? That really took me by surprise. And really, really perfect for us. I think it'll be really great to have a look at this as an iconic episode. And I think, fair to say, when you have a Christmas episode that's really good, that's probably pretty out of place. Absolutely. Given how many Christmas specials are just garbage in many (laughs) TV shows, or at least many of the older 90s, maybe early 2000s sitcoms, but it's so rare that we find a it's nice, true. good Christmas episode. So you might even call it a diamond in the rough in the diamond. <laughs> Mate, that's gold. That's gold. So <laughs> without further ado, uh, we're about to review The Simpsons Season 1, Episode 1, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. Run. Run. Diamonds. Honestly, though, like having a first episode set at Christmas is genius. It's kind of a really good way to introduce a whole bunch of characters. 100%. In this episode, Homer is the main character, without a doubt. But because it is set at Christmas, you have these opportunities to introduce the school their extended family we see his workplace we see his best friends we meet his neighbors the most key characters in his entire universe were already established straight away in that episode one that's an amazing job yeah that's that's really well done because sometimes series might have episodes to introduce new characters and they might do a whole plot around that but rather than that they've the simpsons has gone this route and just introduced a whole bunch of characters in the first episode yeah and i think like in a really natural way yeah it didn't feel none of the introductions felt like shoehorned in or anything they just felt like they fit 
with the narrative of the episode. And I felt that way when Marge was reading out her Christmas letters, it gave you that insight into the family in a completely natural and normal way. Marge, haven't you finished that stupid letter yet? There wasn't a first episode where it's like, hey, look at this new show. It just felt like you were just thrown right in there, but in a really good way. It didn't feel like a first episode at all. I thought that was actually really wonderful. I, I think if this was the first one I ever saw, I'd feel like I already knew the show. Yeah. I mean, a lot of pilot episodes for many series tend to be, I've noticed some tend to be a little on the slower side. Mm. Not always, of course, but um, this one felt really, felt just really good. And I think the Christmas theme was really what, what made that work. Did you notice that it didn't start with the true Simpsons intro? It did have a snippet of the music, but not the actual yeah. intro. Yeah. It just had a couple of seconds and you're just thrown right in there with the Simpsons going to a Christmas pageant. Being late for the Christmas pageant. Classic. Classic Homer. He's super friendly, though. He seems to know a lot of like the other parents at the school. Yeah, I actually really love Homer in this episode. He's, he's just greeting everyone, saying, oh, you know, hey, you got dragged into this too. Good to see you, Larry. Yeah, he, he he's definitely Homer. It's not like some shows, you know, it might take them a season to figure out who their characters are. But for this one, he is a bit less of a buffoon. And he is a bit more conscientious and hardworking. I'm just a big kid. And I love Christmas so much. I noticed that as, especially in a stark comparison to some newer episodes. Hey, there was one thing I almost didn't notice. Mm-hmm. When Principal Skinner introduces the kids, he actually says all the words wrong. I noticed that for like some of the scenes, he like makes a couple, like for some bits, he makes some mistakes. Yeah, a, a medley, a melody of ho- holiday flavorites. The uh, fourth grade, well, flavorous, with a melody, uh, medley of holiday flavorites. Yeah, and when he introduces the Santas, he doesn't say Santas of many lands. He says Santas of many blands. Wait, really? And now, Santas of many blands. I think there was this um, intentional joke here that, like, Principal Skidder was going to be incapable of saying words properly and just, like, constantly fuddling his words up. Yeah, that's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm just foreshadowing how Principal Skinner is a failure. Blanks. <laughs> how did you feel about the kids' performances? That was pretty interesting. It had, you know, the standard caroling kind of deal, and then Lisa did a dance, which was cool. But no, Lisa did a dance and she's like Pacific Islander and you can tell she's wearing some sort of grass skirt, but it literally looks like she's naked from the waist down. It did because it was, <laughs> because obviously the, in The Simpsons, everybody's skin is yellow and they, and she was wearing these yellow pants. So I, that's what I thought at first. I'm like, is, is she not wearing anything? Is she just wearing like a, <laughs> like a leaf dress thing? Like a loincloth. I don't really want to make fun of like the, the, the graphics in this because, you know, they do sharpen this show up a lot as it, as it goes on. And there's, there's definitely a couple of errors here and there. But that was like bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least sort of after she finishes the dance, um, she sort of like gets down on her knees and takes the mask off. And then you can clearly see that she's wearing like yellow leggings. Oh. Afterwards, it's fine. You know, weirdly but- enough, I didn't notice that. 
Right. It's I not- didn't. I didn't notice that with clarity that she, like that they'd drawn the leggings in. I think it's it's not like a texture change or anything. You can just see like a black line around her waist, and oh. so you think, oh, that's that's leggings. Oh, I just assumed that was where the grass skirt was tied on. Oh, it could be. It could be that. But I'm hoping it's what I said and it's not actual nudity. I'm sure she's not <laughs> buck naked during a performance at school. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty confident. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, Bart sings Jingle Bells Batman Smells. Was this the first time, like, that was shown on TV? Like, did they come up with the song? Oh, hello. Once again, it is my delight to introduce you to another episode of David Garrett, Meme Expert. I'm sure you'll find this to be a fascinating history lesson. It wasn't the first occurrence of it. I I do remember when I was, you know, a kid growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, I remember plenty of kids knowing that Jingle Bells Batman Smells song and singing it, but I never knew its origin. Then, of course, Bart sang that in this episode, which was, I believe, 1989 it aired. It may have first shown up in the late 60s after the original Batman series aired when people were still talking about it. And then kids started just singing that, put it to a Christmas tune for whatever reason. I'm not going to lie. I kind of hope that Matt Groening had come up with the Jingle Bells of Batman smell song. Me too. I'm not going to lie. It would have been amazing. With like this iconic parody song that everybody knows, and from their very first episode, sweet Homer, he sings like an angel. Oh, jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin lays an egg. The Batmobile broke its wheel, the Joker got a. Don't kill me. I got a bad feeling about this. All right! (laughs) Wasn't that wonderful? It's, It's a very human episode. There's nothing out of the realm of reality here at all. You know, you've got Hobo just wrestling with the power cords... The cat is caught up in the Christmas light box while Marge is doing all her chores for Christmas, sending people notes and stuff. Lisa wants a pony, but wants a tattoo. <laughs> it's very human. Stuff. It, it, it really does feel like your average family. Okay, so at this point, Marge is looking at the Christmas lists, like he said. Lisa wants a pony, and she's Lisa says, oh, I've been really great. And then Bart, Bart says he wants a tattoo. Obviously, Marge react, you know, an eject reaction. If you will not be getting a tattoo for Christmas. Then Homer jumps in and chimes in with, Yeah, if you want one, you'll have to pay for it out of your own allowance. All right, Homer. That, that was a great line. Loved that. Bart makes a great argument. He says, Yeah, they're cool and they last the rest of your life. Exactly. I mean, he's not wrong. It's good value. Exactly. If you're calculating the value of something by how long it lasts, the tattoo is pretty good. <laughs> Homer has a terrible relationship with his sisters-in-law. Yeah, it's just uh, that was a great conversation. Actually, he just picks up the phone and says, "Yellow, Marge, please." Who's this? May I please speak to Marge? This is her sister, isn't it? Is Marge there? 
Who shall I say is calling? Marge, please. It's your sister. No. Hello. So I don't know if you noticed, Nathan, but during that phone call, you can notice the cold winter wind blowing in the background. You know what? That's a really, really good pickup. It really made you feel that cold as ice bitterness coming through the phone from Patty and Selma. Absolutely. I think that sound effect is in place through kind of the whole scene, but it's only in that phone call that it becomes really, really obvious. Yeah, right? Like, it really sells the fact that Homer does not get along with Marge's sisters. Homer would be such a target for prank calls. I know that in the the actual show, it's Mo that gets gets all the prank calls from Bart, but yeah, Homer yeah. would be so weak <laughs> against prank calls. He would just oh, that'd be so good. I'd love to love to hear something like that. And since the captain won't let me on the bridge, I use this. <laughs> what do you think? I think the captain's lucky you're on his side. It's pieced together from words he's used on the intercom. With this, I can pretend he's ordering me to take the Enterprise anywhere. And listen to this. Yellow. Hi. How are you? Who's this? First, I would like to just get to know you. Who shall I say is calling? I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. This is her sister, isn't it? Yeah. It's your sister. No. Hello. Hi. How are you? They pull up to the mall. You see the parking lot. It's just absolutely chock-a-block full of cars everywhere. And he has to go all the way to the ZZ parking lot. Not the Z parking lot. The ZZ section of the parking lot. Double Z. I thought was funny. Not sure if that's a reference to anything. I just thought it was amusing. No, I think it's a really nice like introduction to ha- what The Simpsons will do. And they'll just put a very gentle joke. And it's not a plot point. It's not important. It's just there if you want to chuckle. And, yeah, and that's that's the start and the end of it. And it, it's always been like a really nice show for that reason. Yeah, and I love some of like just the signage jokes they make in The Simpsons. Again, like you said, it's not a big part mm. of the story. It's just there for a little bit of a laugh. It's not in your face, but it's there. And while they're there, <laughs> I didn't expect this. I really didn't expect this. You know, when when Bart was looking at the tattoo, he sees in his head, he imagines that um, Marge is going to be so happy that he got a tattoo on his shoulder saying, Mother, he goes up to the tattoo artist. <laughs> the guy says, how old are you? I'm 21, sir. Sit in the chair. I thought, okay, there's, there's just no way he's actually going to get a tattoo, right? <laughs> But th- then he does it. He does it, the absolute madman. He just does it. <laughs> With no inhibitions. And the thing is like nearly, nearly, nearly finished when Marge pulls him out of the chair. And she busts in and sees with shock that Bart's partially done this tattoo, which now has a love heart and says moth on it. I loved when they went to the tattoo removal clinic because there's just so much fun stuff. They lock him to a table. <laughs> Yeah, There's a giant like metal clamps. <laughs> <laughs> a giant laser thing. 
It's an enormous laser. He says, be careful you don't get it <laughs> near your eyes or groin. <laughs> and then when he turns it on, he doesn't press a button. He has like a Dr. Frankenstein style <laughs> lever that he pulls. <laughs> that was so good. I love that. It's just beautiful touches from the very beginning. We get an introduction to Homer's workplace as well when Mr. Burns announces that they will not be receiving bonuses this year despite improving safety and lowering costs. <laughs> everything's going to the man this year. Like that, That's literally what it is. The shareholders are going to keep the extra profits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sadly real. We don't see Lenny and Carl. Yeah, um, we don't. It's probably the only characters I was like hoping to see. Hey, Harbour, see you at Moe's? He put new electrical tape on the cushions. Sorry, guys. Flanders is really being used to keep Homer down. There's a real keeping up with the Joneses thing that, that hits him from a lot of directions, but we see Flanders a few different times, and this is the first one when Homer's finally put up all these Christmas lights. Only about four of them are actually working across the entire house. And, of course, there's Flanders with all these lights and a big sign and and all the decorations, just loving how great a job that he's done and very proud of his work. And he kind of sells it with the, hey, hey, Homer, do you think this looks okay? <laughs> just plugs it in, this amazing Christmas light display with Santa and a sleigh and reindeer and everything. Now, do you think that Flanders, later in the show, uh, would have Xmas on his house rather than the fully spelled Keeping Christ in Christmas. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting. I, I guess they're going, maybe at this point they hadn't decided that Flanders was like a full-on Christian. Maybe he was just a kind of... He was just a well-off The kind of neighbor. overly nice neighbor who's mm. well-off. That's a good point, though. Look, no harm done. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's at this point, Homer's sitting at the bar, feeling sorry for himself because... They don't really have much money for Christmas and he doesn't know what he's going to do. Mo and Barney were both in the bar. Yeah, that's right. Mo and Barney, two main great characters in The Simpsons. And Homer is sucking on a beer. Mo says to him, oh, why the long face? It's Christmas. You've been sucking on a beer all day long. And then he gives him a candy cane. And Homer starts sucking on the candy cane, which that was a good joke. That would be that's such a good goof. It would be so easy to miss that. Yeah, that was great. I thought it was, it was going to go into a spiel about like, you know, oh, what's on your mind? Let's talk about it. He just gives him a Christmas candy yep. cane. Yeah. Love it. Um, at this point, Barney bursts in wearing a Santa costume. And that's when Homer gets the idea to become a mall Santa. Just make a bit of extra money to try and get through Christmas. Hey, little one. Santa's back. Ho, ho, yo! Damn it. Hello. What's your name, partner? Uh, little partner? David. And what would you like, little boy? I'd like to not watch so many terrible episodes. Hey, I can afford lunch. Give me a bite of that donut. Uh, are you okay? Well, when Mrs. Claus's sisters get out of town. Thanks for listening, kid. <coughs> uh, <gasps> so I guess his, his Santa training took seven hours. <laughs> Which consisted of a bunch of people dressed in Santa suits sitting in tables chanting, Ho, ho, ho! 
and reciting the names of all Santa's reindeer. And I don't know if I should say it, but there was one actual um, standout animation goof in that scene where they all for one shot went from having normal mouths and Santa beards and they all had the same mouth as Homer. I have to go back and watch that again just to pick that. There's one other uh, technical glitch that I noticed as well. You know when Homer's in the store and he's buying like the cheapest gifts ever? Yeah. And yeah. for Maggie, he decides to get a dog toy. And he, yeah, yeah, it's like squeaky. a piece of meat. Yeah, squeaky meat. And he like tears it open and then he drops it. If you actually look, it drops to the bottom of the frame, but then doesn't actually fall off the screen. Just the top of it still sits there. Okay. Huh. I didn't pick up on that one. Now, I guess these are two different things, but Homer is one of Santa's helpers and the dog is Santa's little helper. And he gets a dog toy for Christmas. Does that count as foreshadowing? I think it does. Oh. I think I think the dog toy for Maggie is wow. actually foreshadowing that the dog is going to be part of the family. That's a good pickup. I didn't think of that. 100%. Wow. I, I love what I love about this is Homer just has the pressure, like first world problems, but he has the pressure on him just constantly. It doesn't let up. And he's in a position where he can't share with anyone his troubles, really. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to stress Marge out and Marge's sisters. He hates. He doesn't want to admit that he hasn't got a tree even though he's just walked in the door seven hours late. <laughs> of course, he's just going out to get a tree right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's going for this drive and sees signs for Christmas trees. You know, Christmas trees, $75. And then there's another one that's slightly irregular trees, $40. Yeah, and he ends up just stealing them, cutting one down in the woods. Yeah, cutting one down from the woods. He gets shot at by a farmer, but he, he makes it home okay. So this kind of concept is, of, of course, quite foreign to us, Dave. I don't know. Uh -huh. if, you've spent one Christmas in Japan. I have. Do, do, do people have Christmas trees in Japan? Is that actually a thing at um, all? You still can. I was looking around the shops the other, the other week, and yeah, there definitely were some Christmas trees oh, wow. on display at some of the larger malls. Still is a thing, just not as big. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, driving up towards the Sunshine Coast to go into the pine forest and pull off the road and cut a tree down from just to take it home. Actually, one year. No, actually, one year we did have a live tree. So I, I, I guess it was a pine tree. Grew as like a weed in a really, really bad spot that year. Took root like against against our fence in just a really bad position and dad intentionally like didn't cut it down because he thought you know what we'll we'll actually let this thing grow a bit and come december we'll 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 chop this thing down when it's like man height and uh use it as our christmas tree this year well that's really smart actually great thinking yeah yeah very good thinking dad so um that was pretty fun um it was the only year we actually had a live tree it was uh, not the healthiest thing. It was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit scrawny and like bent, and it, you know it had grown sort of next to a bit of concrete against the 
the fence where it wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't it wasn't the happiest pine tree ever. And I tell you what, man, it just dropped pine needles oh, everywhere. everywhere. It was so dirty. Living room. It was all over the floor. It was these pine needles. Oh, but good times. Hey, little one. Santa's back. Uh, who are you? I'm Charlie Old St. Nick. <laughs> nice. What's your name, little partner? I'm Nathan. And what would you like, little boy? Hmm. I would like for Rough in the Diamonds podcast to be famous. You don't need all that junk. I'm sure you've already got something much more important. A decent home and a loving father who would do anything for you. Are you serious? I demand satisfaction! I want a word with you in Santa's workshop, little boy. Ah! Cover for me, Alfie. And um, we learn that in this case, um, committing theft is an okay thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. As long as it's for Christmas. Because Christmas is a time for taking. Did you notice that both the elf on the TV and the lady working for the Santa company both have Bart's voice almost exactly? Yes. Yes, I noticed that. I noticed that. Good pickup. Good pickup. It's a really neat way to pull the characters back together when Bart realizes that Homer is Santa. And I think they've done such a good job of telling us how mischievous Bart is that it just seems perfectly logical that he would realize that that's not the real Santa and go to pull his beard off. Like, it it just seems like that's something that he would do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just, that's really good. So from this one episode, you already get a very good idea of what the characters are like. Most of the major characters, you know exactly what they're like just from this episode. It was disappointing that Principal Skinner did not mention steamed hams once in this entire story. I'm sure you were disappointed by that. Yeah, man, I was really just (laughs) holding on for that. But Particularly at Christmas, you can have a steamed ham at Christmas. What's your favourite Christmas food? Favourite Christmas food? That's that's a good question. I actually really do like a a good Christmas ham. Sometimes we have a... Have a bit of a like a Christmas chicken rather than a Christmas turkey, which I, I like chicken better than turkey. Anyway, who eats turkey? No one eats turkey. Yeah. Turkey is just an inferior chicken. That's true. You can eat emu. I like to have a Christmas emu. It's a deep deep fried emu. Deep fried emu. <laughs> I'd actually be a real massive drumstick. So that would be an enormous drumstick. That would take like two people to eat an emu drumstick. You don't, you don't get a Christmas emu, you get a Christmas emu leg. That's just family fed for the year. For the year's Christmas. I think you got to, oh, the buffet. That's the Christmas buffet. You, oh. you can have a bit of everything. You can have the, the Christmas ham, a few sausage rolls, a bit of fairy bread. I feel like that needs some explanation for some of our foreign listeners. No. Google it, guys. Sorry. Sometimes business owners need a Christmas miracle. Getting phones and internet right for your business can be an absolute nightmare, and that's before you spend hours on the phone turning into the Grinch. This is why Santa invented Switchnode. Switchnode are the leaders in telecommunications for your business. They give you the advice that you need and actually provide service along the way. And please make sure to support our sponsors who do so much to support us. Visit switchnode.com.au. 
<laughs> Did you notice that um, the photos with Santa, um, they said Merry Xmas, yes. and Merry was written M-E-R-R-I-E. Yeah, that was great. I loved that. Just once again, it's like it, it just wasn't necessary. It was just a cute thing to catch your attention and just add some more texture to the, the universe. Yeah, and that, that's just, I really like that kind of subtle humor. It doesn't try to slap you down and force you to find it funny. You know, those sitcoms with laugh tracks, it, it's, it's like they try to just waterboard you with their humor. And I yeah. love that this is the opposite because it lets you breathe and absorb it in and be comfortable with it. Yeah, and it, it just it's, it really makes it better for it, I think, as well. And I guess that's kind of what Matt Groening was going for when he made The Simpsons. Part of it was the setting of and the theme of kind of average family who have their problems rather than, you know, sitcoms of the times where everyone was just happy all the time. But it, it's it's really intelligent and tasteful. If you think about it, I think a little bit dark. Like Homer is actually struggling. He's actually depressed. Almost like every second scene, Homer is being reminded that he is not fulfilling the role in his family that he feels that he should be. Whether that's that he can't be honest to Marge whether that's the, the Christmas lights with Flanders when he runs into Flanders and they drop all the presents on the ground and none of them are homers, having to be the mall Santa, having the, his bonus stripped away. I think every, almost every second scene, he is just being hit over the head with this very unfortunate reality. Yeah, really. And especially... There's one scene that really stood out to me when he goes home after maybe I can't remember exactly if it's after he comes back from being a mall Santa or from the Santa training, but he steps outside for some air and he looks at Flanders house with all these amazing Christmas decorations. And then his house was with a couple of flashing lights. And then he just looks down, looks literally just looks down at the ground. And yeah. man, I felt that mm. poor guy. You pity him. And even when they go onto the, the dog track, there's a glimmer of hope. But I, I don't know about you, but I never really felt like he was going to win. I didn't feel like life was really going to throw him a bone like that. I just thought, you've got 13 bucks, at least just buy Bart a robot or something. Oh, actually, you know what? Buy Bart nothing because all the money was wasted on his tattoo removal. Buy Bart nothing. Yeah. Just at least buy, like- buy Lisa a nice present. Yeah, but it's Bart's fault that their Christmas is ruined. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he can suffer. That gets seriously overlooked. Bart's only punishment really is that his arm is sore for a very short period of time. That's the only kind of thing that I didn't that I thought was unrealistic. I thought Marge would have grounded him for a month or something. Because yeah, the, you're right. Because where is he next? Well, he's he's at the shopping center, looking at the mall centers. Yeah, right. No consequences. This to- show is totally unrealistic. I take back everything I said. <laughs> this show's horrible. Don't watch it. You know what is unrealistic? At the dog track, some of those dogs are pink and some of them are blue. You see usual brown, white, black dogs, and then just like one of- I think there's a blue one there somewhere. Blue, pink one. And I-, I tried to catch the names of the dogs. Of course, we had Santa's Little Helper. Whirlwind was the one that won. And that Barney told Homer to bet on. So Galahad. 
Duke by Duke. Dog of War. I liked Dog of War. Dog of War. Very smart. Very so, good. I think there's a Fido in there as well. Oh, That's I didn't catch Fido. Name. But it must be very late at night after Homer has bet on Santa's little helper and wasted all the money. Of the, <laughs> wasted the entire $13. $13, yeah. It's funny because <laughs> when they go to the dog track, he's super hesitant to go. So it's like Homer is this really even though he's kind of a bit of a bumbling idiot, he still has a lot of shame and he's just like, he has shame and he's just a really good guy. He's a good hearted guy. Mm. He's like, you know, I don't want to take Bart to this sleazy dog track. I love that Barney goes home with some random chick that he picked up at the dog track. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well played Barney. Legendary. Yeah. What a player. And then you got Homer and Bart just sort of scrounging around outside looking for some lucky ticket at this point, you see one of the, I guess, workers from the dog track is scolding and getting angry at Santa's little helper, who has come in last for the last time. So he's kicking the dog out, and the dog, of course, runs, o- runs over to Homer, jumps in his arms. Bart says, Oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? But he's a loser! He's pathetic! He's... And then the dog licks him. A Simpson. He decides, oh, let's take this dog home. And the the ending, I thought, was, like, really, really sweet as well. You see that Homer was still committed to this line of thinking that he'd failed. Yeah, even when he got the dog and he seemed happy with it, he went home and he was admitting to everyone that he didn't get his bonus and he felt like he failed everyone. And you know what I really like? He hadn't seen Santa's little helper as the gift for the family, right? So what yeah, that means just- is that he was actually just being a really good person in taking this poor stranded dog home with them and just brightening up Bart's life a little bit. Even though Christmas is this very commercialized thing, he felt that he was doing it to bring joy to his family and not just because there's this commercial imperative to go and buy nice things. Yeah, that that was just such a lovely way to end the episode. I'm glad that he didn't win all this money but he, he just gets the dog and then everyone loves it. And it, it, it brings us back to this message that it's, it's all about family and having people around you and caring for others. That's actually what's important and significant. And it, it yeah, does it. Good. And it does that without shoving it in your face. It does it so sweetly and politely and, you know, with touches of humor and a human tale. It's not like, okay, now let's some random main character tell us the meaning of Christmas, like take your medicine. It's just implicit and it's it's told beautifully. Yeah, like they didn't tell us, they showed us and that's what's great about it. Yeah, well done, Matt Groening. Well done indeed. It's a way of being smug and superior. They're ignorant. You bring me the rough but never a diamond. Stupid and narcissistic. It's pushed it too far this time, man. They weren't nothing. Self-righteous life forms were eager to prosecute, to judge anything they don't understand. I understand. What did you say? Sorry? What? What the? Was it something I said? I think that this is actually like a really spot-on depiction of, of what The Simpsons became. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's unusually well-grounded and really artfully put together. 
And I wish that this level of thought and care kind of went into Christmas episodes more often. Right? Hmm. There's been so many Christmas episodes that could have been great, or, you know, maybe had a great idea, which were just completely overshadowed by how corny and bad they are. Hmm. And look, what a relatable crisis. Like, you don't need to start your very first episode with with aliens attacking. You put that in such a human human perspective and and every single i think every single person that sort of has experienced western society can find one of those seats at that table and relate to somebody (laughs) in this story yeah so yeah this has uh, been an absolutely fantastic episode what could have made this episode better not very much about getting punished i guess yeah just punish bart punish bart and then you know be done with it i guess i you know Homer must have just been feeling too bad for himself to respond with anger and and try to teach Bart a lesson. It clearly just was not on his radar with all the other things that were going on. Yeah. Maybe maybe on top of that, maybe he just didn't want to, you know, be angry at Bart during Christmas season. But Homer really is, even though he's a bit of a bit of an idiot and a bit clumsy, he's he's just really a, a good dad and he loves his kids, he loves his family. I'm just thinking about how like Homer's character changed. I'm 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 thinking about how Homer in this first episode is different from what he became in the series. Like in the series he became that massive bumbling idiot and he was like really super dumb a lot of the time. Occasionally you see that oh you know he's like the nice guy but most of the time his his whole literally his whole character was just he's this idiot who can't do anything right like that was it's like they just played him off as a joke for the entire show deep down he was always a good guy but in this first episode he was so overtly a good guy and i really liked it better and like he still has that that goofiness but he's not like he's not like completely in a hundred percent inept like he is in the later series later on he doesn't have consequences for his actions it's so they can play up the fact that this is a cartoon and our characters can do dumb things but looking back at how it was founded like it was so different like this man is living in consequences for his action and that's what actually is making this story so interesting and so appealing yeah right if this story had crazy over-the-top silliness it would ruin the story yeah i agree 100 percent I think this really works for it. Um, like, they're not trying to just go, like, oh, this is a cartoon, we can just do these complete wacky things. We're just doing it as a cartoon because we happen to be animators, but let's make it like real life. Let's make it this normal family who has completely normal things happen to them. Sometimes when it comes to TV series you really like and you recommend them to someone, you have to pick at the point that you suggest that they start watching it. But without a doubt, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a blink of hesitation in recommending someone start the simpsons from the very beginning yeah this is a just great way to start the show well written good introduction of most of the characters so dave with our very first christmas episode completed we're looking ahead to january already wow it's been a year already it's been a year of rough in the diamonds dave yeah unreal happy one year anniversary mate happy one year anniversary so what will we be watching next for our next episode we will be doing Grey's Anatomy season 7 episode 18 aka the singing episode yes (laughs) 
the, the song beneath the song. And hold on, you Rough and the Diamonds fans, because we may even have a very special guest for that one. We may. Hold on to your horses. <laughs> hold on to your hats. <laughs> I'm Nathan, and you can contact me on Twitter at Good Jibes Only. And I'm David, and you can contact me at Rough and the Diamonds Memes on Facebook and Instagram. Special thanks to Scott Buckley Music. And to Headshot to the Heart for our special music interludes. And finally, special thanks to our sponsor, Switchnode. Thank you, Switchnode. Thank you, Switchnode. This show was filmed before a live studio audience. Mary Kuramatsu. announcement thing we get that every now and again it's a weird thing about living in the countryside what's he saying so he's talking about um i didn't get all of it but so obviously with all the typhoon that happened not too long ago and the floods basically the local rail line got knocked out everyone knows that and then he was mentioning something about tomorrow from seven to eight something about one portion of the track but i'm not quite sure what he's talking about specifically i don't know he made the same announcement like like seven this morning. These announcement things that come over through the like little intercom are like they don't happen every day, but they're not uncommon. Usually happen a couple of times a week. <laughs> it's kind of cute. <laughs> it's it's a thing that pretty much it doesn't happen in the cities. It only happens in the countryside. And I suspect because this is just a guess, an uneducated guess, but given that a lot of older people live out in the rural areas. It's probably because maybe they don't, they don't have, have or internet. use or even have internet. And so this is a way of keeping them up to speed on what's happening in the town, I guess. So weird. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're so about to say some stuff about Bart wanting a tattoo. Yes.